You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. Our motto here at Discovery is to discover Jesus and find your place in his story. And, and that's what this message today is, uh, is about, is finding our place in God's story. And, and maybe you feel unqualified to have a place in his story. I don't know if, if that's how you feel. Sometimes that's how I feel. When I, I look at, uh, whether it's physical ailments that I, I think, why, oh, God couldn't use a, 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 my, me with all my problems. If I think about uh, sins, why would God use someone like me that's struggling with this? Or if I think about my past or background, why would God use someone with his baggage and pain? Maybe that's you. Maybe you feel unqualified to be used by God. And, and if that's the case, I, I want to encourage you as we're going to dive into the story of Joseph, someone who is unqualified, someone who it wouldn't make sense if you were to write out the, the story of Jesus, the story of God coming to earth, you would have not picked Joseph, just a lowly carpenter, a young man to be the father of God. He was unqualified, but... But I'm excited as we dive into this to be able to see that because there's encouragement that it's not about Joseph. It's about God. It's not about me. It's about God. It's not about you. It's about God. And to see that, that all of us might feel unqualified, but God's the one that is qualified. We, we have a, this, this mockumentary that they made sure that I knew how to pronounce that word. <laughs> Last week, I completely butchered it. And so the, we got this mockumentary, and uh, it, just, it cracks me up, right? Uh, last week, we saw Mary. This week, we saw Joseph. We're going to see various aspects uh, of this Christmas play. And, and I think about our Christmas play. As Elliot said, we got a way in a mango next week. It's going to be awesome. We got all these great Christmas things. And just to be able to dive into this idea of Christmas... I love Christmas season, I love everything about it, but we often kind of overlook the details of the story, and of all the details, we easily overlook Joseph, overlooking the, this guy that we don't know much about, but, but we know, I gotta think, he felt so unqualified. As we look at the Bible, we see example after example uh, of this same idea. And uh, we wanted, I want to dive into some of this, going back to the Old Testament, just to kind of dive into this idea as maybe we can connect. That uh, as I look at various avenues, various aspects of why people were unqualified to be part of God's story, maybe one of these will hit home with you. If you've ever felt unqualified, if you ever felt like, I, I don't know why God could use me, then maybe one of these stories would hit home. Maybe it's the story of Abram. Abram and Sarai, Genesis chapters 12 through 22, is the story of God coming to them and saying to, to Abram, you're going to be a father of many nations, of many people in this nation. You're going to be the father. You're going to have this great land. There's this promise to you. And Abram said, that, that's wonderful, that's great. And, and then he goes about his ways, and, and we see throughout the stories, throughout these chapters, Abram doing a lot of things in his own power. Abram was wealthy. Abram had military might. He was a, it was a powerful man. And, and we see stories of him utilizing these, these strengths that he has. And, and they turn out relatively successful in the eyes of man. A military battle that he ends up winning. Uh, uh, his wealth ends up being of great influence. These things in the eyes of man are successes. 
But they aren't spiritual successes. They're not pointing to God and God's story. Even when God has promised that you'll have an offspring, Abram takes it into his own hands and, and has a baby with his wife's maid. That he did have a baby in the eyes of mankind. That was a success. That was the goal. But that wasn't God's plan. And it wasn't until Abram relents and lets God take over that God steps in. And that God changes his name to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. And they have little Isaac at 100 years old. It was at that point that it was clear this is God's doing. That when he was able to step back and stop trying to control everything, to in, use his power and his influence to make things happen, but willing to say, I'll let God be in control. That's where we see, where we see God's story. That's where we see he gets to be part of this grand story that spans the Bible. Abraham is part of that. Maybe that's a story you can connect to that you might have a, a position of power or of influence or your great wisdom or skills and, and we try to do it on our own and, and you can accomplish a lot. But maybe it's time to step back and let God be in control and see what God could accomplish with those skills and gifts he's given us. We, the story progresses then, then to Jacob. or uh, The story then progresses to Jacob. And we see Jacob is a deceiver. Jacob is a liar. Jacob is a thief. Jacob is many things that uh, are, are not attractive. Many things that are not desirable. Many things that would make the normal person say, that guy could not be used by God. Look at all the corruption he's done. Look at all the sins he's committed. Look at all these horrible traits about who he is. God would not use him. He's disqualified. And yet, we see in the story in Genesis, Jacob is working with, his wrestling with God and then literally wrestles with God. And he finally relents his grasp on control and lets God take over. And after that, Jacob, his name is changed to Israel. And he's the father of the nation of the people of God. Maybe you can relate to that, that you look and think, oh, I've got such a checkered past. I've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, there's no way God would use me. If, if, if you knew all the things that I've done, you wouldn't be having this message to me saying God could use me. He can the story goes on in Genesis, we get to Joseph. Joseph was a man that had been kidnapped. Joseph was a man that had been tra human trafficked. Joseph was a man that had been abused. He was a man that had been treated poorly by mankind. He had a lot of oppression and horrible things happen to him, and it was outside of his control. All these horrible things had nothing to do with him. Many people would feel that they are unqualified. That they somehow see that the, the things that have happened from the outside forces that have been put on me makes me unqualified to work for God, to be part of his story. If anyone knew the pain that I'm experiencing, if everyone knew what I've gone through, what people did to me, the hurt I have, no one would think that I could be used by God. And yet he was. 
Joseph was not even used by God, but he stepped in. He was at a place because of those situations. God was still able to make something great come of it. That placed Joseph in a position where he was able to save the people of Israel from a great famine and the people of Egypt from a great famine. In spite of the hardships put upon him, God was able to do something great with God's story with Joseph. As we continue, we flip into the next book of Exodus, and you got Moses. And we often think of Moses as his great leader, but Moses was a stutter. Moses couldn't finish a sentence without having to repeat the words. Moses had physical ailment that anyone would say he would be a horrible leader. He's the last person we want to represent our people when they go to the Pharaoh. He's got this physical ailment that he would think, I'm not qualified. He even says that to God, why would you choose me? And I love God's at the burning bush and he says, I'm the one going with you. This isn't about you, Moses. This isn't about you, even if you have this physical ailment, even if you have this physical thing that would, for most people would say you're disqualified, I'm going with you. The story is my story, not your story, Moses. Maybe you can relate there. That you think, uh, I have this physical ailment, I have this preconceived condition. God can't use that. Oh, but he can. Moses was able to bring the people of Israel out of Egypt and lead them out of captivity. Because he was willing to be part of God's story. When the story continues, you get to Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. Rahab was what many people would look down upon. Rahab was the lowest of the low. Rahab was a woman of the night, and people frowned upon her, looked away from her cross on the other side of the street. They'd have nothing to do with her. She was trash. And yet God saw something different. God saw a woman that would be able to, to protect the, the, the Israelite spies as they came to that city. God saw a woman that would be able to, to lead to a victory. God saw a woman that not only did he see past her sin, he saw someone that would be in the line of Jesus. Maybe some of you can relate there. The sins that I've committed, the world sees me as trash. And God sees you as something amazing that could be part of his story. We, we, get, we can continue on. We, we just went through the series of David, and we see David at one moment drawing close to God, and another moment uh, having pride issues. At one moment being a testimony of, of who the Lord is, and another moment committing adultery and murder. It's like a roller coaster with David. And maybe that's how you feel. Sometimes I'm on the spiritual high and sometimes I make the biggest mistakes and sometimes I just don't know where I'm at. God can never use the inconsistency that is who I am. And God does. God used David even despite his inconsistencies. And Jesus was born in the city and the town of David, Bethlehem. And so we get to the nativity story and you got Joseph who's just this carpenter. There's nothing special about him. It says that he's, he's a just man, but he's truly that. He's just a man. There's nothing special about him. He doesn't have, he's not royalty. He's not wealthy. There's all these things that I would think Jesus, the son of God, should come into a home like that. No, this guy's poor. He's just a carpenter. And yet God chose him. Many would say Joseph is unqualified. 
And God said, he's exactly who I need. Because as we see these pictures of Abraham, of Jacob, of Joseph, of Rahab, of Moses, of David, of Joseph, these are unqualified people, and they allow God to receive the glory. These stories aren't about them. These stories are about God. And so God chooses this unqualified man to be the father of Jesus, so the story, the glory would be towards God. And so we're presented with this story of Joseph in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. And and I just want to read it to you. And and if you want, close your eyes and just embrace the story. Try to picture it. Perhaps read along on the screen. But it's a story you've probably heard before if you've been around church at Christmas time at all. But maybe look through it through Joseph's eyes. Look through it as if this was you. And how unqualified you feel to be placed in this role. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until but her, knew her not until she gave until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Unqualified, yeah. Imagine what Joseph is thinking when when you're presented with this. He, he would be thinking. I would think he's thinking, man. Why would you choose me? I'm the last person to be raising the son of God. I remember I felt unqualified every time we found out we were pregnant with our kids. I thought, why would God place a little child in in my hands? We can't even keep a plant alive in our house. What's he thinking? And yet, that was just a normal human, let alone the child of God. Joseph had to have been thinking that he's unqualified. I've got to think that he was wondering that he would be thinking, no, I didn't think marriage would be like this, though he would start with a child. No one's going to believe us in the story we have. What will everybody think of us? Why would God decide on me? I'm unqualified. There's someone so much better. There's got to be someone that should do this instead of me. But there wasn't. God chose him to be the father of his son. We were watching this in video, and, and Joseph, I'm sure, the real Joseph is probably very different from this Joseph, but there is one characteristic that I think that they both had in common, that, that they probably felt unqualified, that there might have been a, why would God choose him? And, and I love the director in our video said something, his uh, quote, it says, I understand that Joseph is radically underqualified for all he's about to encounter, but isn't that the type of people God uses? 
the most likely folks to do the biggest things. It seems like those are the ones he always picks because he is, he is a God who will never give up on us. And I love that. God chooses the Abrahams and, and the Josephs and the Jacobs and the Rahabs and the Davids and the Josephs and you and me, the unqualified, the people that have struggles, the people that have baggage, the people that have ailments, the people that have sins, the people that have all this that they're carrying to the table. God chooses them because it's about God's story. As we talk about discovering Jesus and finding our place in his story, what does that look like this Christmas season for you? How has God called you to be his hands and feet? A lot of us might be questioning, why would God call me? That maybe we feel afraid, afraid about the future, afraid about what's going on around us. Maybe we feel inadequate to take care of our family. Maybe we feel like we're at a dead-end job, or maybe we feel just stretched between work and home and taking care of parents and taking care of kids. Maybe some of you feel misunderstood or alone. Maybe you feel just wondering, why, God? Maybe you feel burned and unjustly uh, treated on social media. Maybe you feel in over your head with the responsibilities. Why would God choose us? And I think the answer is the same as, why would God choose Abraham? Why would God choose any of those people? Because it wasn't about those people. It's not about you and me. It's about God's story. And when he chooses regular people, like you and I, we can only point to the greatness of God for fulfilling his story, for the work of his story, to be able to step up and, and, and be his hands and feet. <clears throat> we're, you're going to watch a little video here in a few minutes about something that we're going to do, and I, I want to tell you a little bit about it. This, uh, normally, we have a Christmas party. Uh, every year that Discovery's been around, we've had this Christmas party, and, and it's been awesome. And this year, we had to cancel because of COVID and, and concerns. And, and so instead, we were trying to think, okay, if we're not to have the party, how can we do it in a Discovery way? And a Discovery way would be outreach. The Discovery way would be service. And so we came up with this idea. Instead of one party, we're hoping to have 100 parties. Right? We share this with the first hour and the people online and share it with you that we hope to have multiple parties across the city. The, the big Christmas party was supposed to be tonight. Maybe tonight you go have your party. Or maybe sometime this week. But what I want to encourage you to do is if you feel comfortable going out to eat is to go to a restaurant. And let's say you're at Chili's and you enjoy your, your, your burger and your fries and the bottomless chips and salsa. And then at the end of the meal... When the waiter or waitress comes over and gives you your bill, you say, we're going to put this on my credit card, but I also want to pay for that table. Don't tell them it was us that paid for it, but just give them this card. And this card is on your chair, and it says, enjoy a blessing during this season. May this Christmas be filled with the joy of Jesus coming to earth. And so, imagine a family is sitting there. All of us are struggling with some burdens right now, Right? This is a heavy time. This is a hard time. This is an anxious time, a fearful time. This is a stressful time. And imagine that you're sitting there at the table and the time for your bill is to come and you ask the waiter, where's my, where's my check? And they say, here. Someone already took care of it. Here's a blessing in the name of Jesus. Imagine what that would do to them that night. 
I'm looking forward. My family's going to go out tonight, and we're going to participate in our Christmas party. And <laughs> we're going to do this with some other family, I'm sure. Perhaps maybe you don't feel comfortable eating out, and I want to encourage you, maybe go through the drive-thru and just tell the person, I want to pay for the, per- for the order behind me. Can you give them this card when they come up to the window? Maybe you don't feel that comfortable with that and you're getting DoorDash. You could give this card to the the DoorDash person and and give them an extra tip. Just find a way that you could be able to give a Christmas party a blessing to somebody else. This is one, one tiny way. A tiny way that we could be part of God's big story. And it's not gonna be about you. It's not gonna be about me. Hopefully, these people won't even know who did it for them. They're gonna know it's about Jesus. Perhaps, I want to encourage you, we, if you saw when you came in, we have some poinsettias out there on the connection point. And I would love to have this hour be the hour, this group of people be the group that took those flowers across the street to the apartments. You see, the, the people across the street of the apartments, a lot of them are transient, a lot of them are there temporarily, and some of them are there long term. A lot of them are struggling. I went and talked to the, the office manager across the street and said, hey, can we bring some Christmas joy? Can we bring you some flowers? And she said, that'd be great. She wrote me a list of all the people, of all the apartments that have, have people in them, and she gave me that list, and she said, that would be amazing. Thanks for doing that. And so this is our chance just to share love. We have, uh, I think, like six trays of poinsettias out there. And each one of those trays has the list of apartments, and, and all you got to do is... Walk across the street. Take five minutes after service. Maybe you by yourself or you and your family and just deliver the flowers. You can knock and talk to the people or you can just put it at their door. There's a sticker that'll say Merry Christmas from Discovery Church. These are two tangible ways today we could be part of his story. Because the amazing thing as we go through the Bible, you see this incredible story of Abraham and of Moses pulling people going across the Red Sea. The, the amazing story of Joseph is there in the right place and they, they store up food so that they can eat in the famine. The story of Rahab saving the spies and the story of David leading the nation. All these stories are amazing stories and yet it's the same story. God's story. This morning when you take flowers across the street, you're part of that same story. This afternoon, next, this week, when you go out to eat and you give this to somebody, you're part of that same story. God's story. He uses the unqualified. That list of people we looked at, Joseph at the nativity scene, unqualified. You and me, unqualified. But God is the one that is qualified. God's the one that will receive the glory from, from what we are doing, the, from, from this meal, from the flowers, from Abraham's story, from the conversation you have with your coworker, from, from the love that you show to your neighbor. God will receive that glory because God has chosen you and me to be part of this big story. I love how Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 1. It says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things. And the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So that no one may boast before him. 
and goes on in verse 31 and says, therefore, as is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is Abraham's story. This is David's story. This is Rahab's story. This is your story and my story. That is not in our power. It is in God's that we might be able to boast in the Lord. Because I tell you what, when I read this verse and I look at myself, foolish, I look at myself, weak, I look at myself, lowly, I look at myself, sometimes despised. And that's who God chooses. Maybe those characters that we looked at in the Bible hit home. Maybe someone, one of you has been trying to do things in your own power and you need to let go and give it to God. Perhaps some of you feel like with my background, with my sin, with all that I've done, there's no way God would use me. You need to realize he can. Maybe some of you are looking with all that's been done to me, out of my control, I'm broken, I'm damaged, and God sees his child. Perhaps you feel like I'm on this roller coaster in my walk. God couldn't use that. And he can. And he does. Maybe you just look and say, I'm just a normal man. I'm just a normal woman. There's nothing special about me. And that's not true. Joseph was placed there at that time for a reason. To be part of God's story. You've been placed at your work at your home, in your neighborhood, at your school, for a reason, to be part of God's story. So I want to encourage you this Christmas to be part of God's story. We're going to close with a prayer, and I, I want to encourage you to be able to, to pursue following God. The, the angel says, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Matthew 1, verse 20. Jesus was here, sitting next to you, and he was to say, do not be afraid to fill in the blank. What has he called you to that he's asking you to not be afraid? Perhaps it's something that's so easy. Do not be afraid to take some flowers across the street. Do not be afraid to go out to eat and pay for someone else's meal. Do not be afraid to have that conversation with that coworker. Do not be afraid to reach out to that neighbor. Do not be afraid to have, to have that difficult conversation at home. Do not be afraid to be part of my story. And I love how it ends. Matthew 1 verse 24 says, When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the Lord commanded him. It's my prayer for each one of us that we could do what the Lord has commanded. If you'll stand with me, I want to pray for you and pray for me that we can have the courage that we can have the knowledge, that we can have the wisdom, that we can have the spirit to follow what God's called us to. And that none of those would come from our own power, but from God. If you'll pray with me, Lord, I just lift up the people in this room, God, each one of us, that we would be able to be your hands and feet, that we would be able to, to love someone this Christmas. God, many of us feel unqualified for various reasons, for the hang-ups of the sins we've committed, for the, the physical ailments that we struggle with, for the, the brokenness that we've experienced. And you just see your child. And we thank you for that. God, let us serve you with a pure heart. 
Let us keep you the focus this Christmas. Let us be able to reach out, whether it's through a flower or a meal, whether it's through a conversation. God, let us be your servant. Be your hands and feet. Be all that you've called us to. God, we lift this up in your name.